This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, the episode that David remembered to hit record on, and sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, one of the Erics, and today, today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of David and Marcus versus Benchwarmer Dan and assistant coach Matt Coleman. Go back to the bench, Matt. Uh, take a minute to remind us of where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else you would like to bring us up to speed on. Sure. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm formerly of uh, the Midwest, uh, but have been a recent transplant to the Seattle area. So starting to learn some of the Seattle areas, went to a WNBA game for the first time recently, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was a good reminder that Brianna Stewart is, in fact, better than basically any other player in the league. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing watching her play against everybody else. <laughs> They made a slight run and then she came back in and literally was just it appeared to be playing at about half speed and was still just scoring at will. So that was pretty fun. Um, I really enjoyed the arena and the environment there. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Not a whole lot going on. So also a lifelong Kraken fan then? I am a lifelong Kraken fan, although I have not yet made it to a Kraken game because people have not realized that they should stop going to those games and tickets are still like two hundred dollars a pop for oh, every it's game. So stupid Damn inflation. I hate it. It's so <laughs> give it yeah. another year. They're gonna it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully someday. Well, with that, Mr. Dan, how are you doing? And what is you guys' team name gonna Mr. be? Mr. Dan is what my students call me. Ah. Um Sir Dan. Of which of which <laughs> I do not have any right now. Um hmm. because I am on a five week vacation. Thank goodness this this episode probably comes out right around the time I come back, but no, it's it'll be out before that. But um, so far, I've had two heavenly days of not waking up at the butt crack of dawn and going into work where I am constantly stressed. So I'm 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 doing well, I'm doing well. Our team name today is a callback to the very first official episode that Matt was on that I also hosted. And um, for those of you that um, know your Benchwarmers history, you're going to know where this comes from. If not, you need to go back and listen to episode 12 because our team name today is going to be Dirty Rotten Rhymers. <laughs> nice. Wonder if wonder if there's a NFL coach whose name rhymes with that. Well, um, we can name him now, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go in this order. David, I guess, since whoever came up with the team name. Uh, David, you get to go first and tell us so Marcus can give us a team name. That's good because I'm only I only have offensive team names tonight. So uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here and I remember to hit record like somebody alluded to. And in another Matt Coleman reference, the last time he was on, we teamed up and we were actually our team name was Lifelong Kraken fans. So somebody's already made reference to that. And so there that is. Yeah, so I'm ready to go. Love the walling games. So I'm ready. Yes, we've had quite the bench warmer cycle already today. We have Matt, who moved to Seattle and went to a WNBA game. We have a reference to an earlier episode. Um, and then another reference to an earlier episode. So, Marcus, bring it home. What do you got? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, just enjoying the weather out here. It's actually nice and warm out, which is cool. I just got back from a summer lifting with the football team. So, I was just wrangling them for a couple hours. And now I'm here with you, lovely people. And our team name 
is going to be all-star snubs because uh, David and I, unfortunately, we regret to inform you guys did not make the all-star team this year. Pretty disappointed. I was, I feel like I'm leading the bench warmers in war right now. So how did Matt sneak in? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Matt. Not you, Matt. The bench warmer, Matt. How did he sneak in? I I feel like that was unjustified. No, he's coasting off the back of his, you know, his legacy. That's a legacy uh, all-star nod. The commissioner picked him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. It wasn't the, France getting. It wasn't robbed. the fan vote. We know that for sure. So, <laughs> well, now that we've alienated everyone, <laughs> let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. It's time for the coin flip, a 50-50 warm-up question worth 10 points. And since we have a guest tonight, our guest and his partner, Mr. Dan, or Dr. Dan, or Sir Dan of the Mind Palace, will be handling the coin flip question. Today's coin flip question is a true coin flip, so I am sorry. Who is older, Vince McMahon or Phil Jackson? Just saw Vince McMahon's age not that long ago. Yeah, unfortunately, he's been in the news, so it's been pretty prevalent. A little bit. Uh, I think I think he's seventy eight. Is he that? Is See, he's a little, I think he's a little younger. I think he's almost mid seventies, like seventy five, seventy six. It's either seventy six or seventy eight. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't uh, think it's seventy eight. I, I I think that's a little high. Okay, he's Jackson's right around there too. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, he was playing in the the seventies. Yeah. So. Man, these, this is close. Um, just, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't think we're going to come to a conclusion on this one. So let's just. I, I don't either. Um, let's, let's go, go with th- Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Let's do it. All right. We'll go Vince McMahon for 100. No, okay. not for 100. Not, not for 100. <laughs> well, both were born in 1945. Uh, Phil Jackson was born September 17th, 1945. Vince McMahon was born August 24th of 1945. So Vince McMahon by about, well, I don't know, six weeks. So for 100 then. For one, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, congratulations. Vince McMahon is correct. I thought you guys had no chance to get that correct. Really. No, yeah, chance no, no chance in hell. <laughs> All right. After the coin flip, we have a score of Dirty Rotten Rhymers with 10 and All-Star Snubs yet to get any points. So they're snubbing points with zero. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be 
pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be four before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. Question number one. Who is the four-time Stanley Cup champion, one-time All-Star, and current assistant coach of the Blues, maybe best remembered for something he didn't do, who is also the number four overall pick by the Seattle Kraken in this year's NHL draft. We can check in. Okay, Dirty Rotten Rhymers has checked in. All-star snub, you guys can talk it out. Well, David, I think I jumped the gun a little bit when I uh, mentioned Mr. Shane Wright uh, at the beginning of this podcast. So that's the back half. And yeah, what did you... So on the, on the front half, I... I don't know much about assistant coaches in the NHL, but when uh, Walling said something about remembered for something he didn't do, I'm pretty sure that Craig McTavish is the guy might've been the last guy who was playing without a helmet or something like that, or one of the last guys. So, so it would make sense if her Craig McTavish Shane, Wright, If you want to check uh, that in. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. We're going to check that in. All right. And dirty rotten rhymers. Uh, what did you guys have? So Matt, you sent me the, uh, the second half of this correct um yes, which was which was what again <laughs> uh well with the assist to marcus uh it was shane Wright, which i would have known as a lifelong kraken fan anyway so um and um those of you who are listening at home right now absolutely know who craig mctavish is because i asked about him last week so <laughs> the uh correct answer here would be craig mctavish shane Wright. Both teams will be receiving points. Indeed, Craig McTavish, the last um, player in the NHL to play with without a helmet. He won three Stanley Cups with Edmonton, once with the Rangers, and played in the 1995-96 All-Star Game. Correct answer was Craig McTavish, Shane Wright. Well, for those of you who listen to all of our shows, you got a free answer because Marcus gave you the second half and Dan gave you the first. Uh, all right, this one I doubt you mentioned last game, but I could be surprised. Who, <laughs> who is the current manager of the Nippon Ham Fighters and the first Japanese-born player to play in the MLB World Series and is also a former Detroit Tiger reliever who famously missed the 2006 NL or ALCS due to an acute guitar hero injury? We'll check in. All right, all-star snubs have checked in, so the Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys can talk it out. <sighs> Matt, this is a this is a waste of some great knowledge because I, unless you can come up with that that player, the the first uh, Japanese yeah, player in World Series, feels like a, something. Seems like something we should know. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of when it even. I think it could have been. We're talking probably early two thousands. They were at their prime coming into the into the league. Right. No, yeah, it like, wasn't Ichiro. Sorry, no. Marcus. Unnecessary, uncalled for. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing: it's, it's, it ends with Joe because it's, it's Joel Zamaya that was the the guitar hero guy, and Joe Joe the idiot circus boy with his pretty new pet. I don't know. I, I keep wanting to make Hideki Arabu fit in that, and it just doesn't fit. 
it's not Hideo Nomo. Like I'm just trying to think of who else. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get there, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking early 2000. So what the, it wasn't 2002. Cause it wasn't, I don't think it was the angels or the twins. I, or that never mind the twins didn't play or angels and giants. I don't think they had anybody. The Mets maybe in a one. Maybe I was trying to think if there's somebody else on those Yankees. I mean, the Yankees were there every year. So yeah, I feel like I would remember it if it was a Yankee. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I'm coming up with this, Matt. And yeah, I don't like a wild guess. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can come up with anything. I mean, all right. So, so it's Billy Joel Samaya, I guess. And works for me. Yeah. Billy Joel Samaya checking that in the famous Japanese outfielder, Billy Joel. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. And uh, all star snuffs. What did you guys come up with? Yeah. I have a very soft spot in my heart for a certain Japanese position player. And the name popped in my head immediately. And it was getting David to kind of corroborate with me that he would have been on one of those teams in the early two thousands. And I think he was on the giants. Uh, so first of all, David, David and I both had Joel Zumaya as guitar hero guy. <laughs> and I believe uh, the first Japanese player to play in the World Series is Suyoshi Shinjo. I think he was on that Giants team. So we checked in with Suyoshi Shinjo El Zumaya. One team will be receiving points. It is Suyoshi Shinjo El Zumaya. Yes. So Shinjo played for the Giants in the 2002 World Series. Before that, he was with the New York Mets. He played about three or four years in Major League Baseball, had massive sidearms, huge bat flip, or sorry, massive blonde uh, hair. He had blonde hair. He had massive <laughs> sweatbands. He did bat flips, and he was just a rock star for the Mets, and then flamed out to, like, a few years later, went, to, went back to Japan to coach the Ham Fighters. Now his registered name as the coach of the Ham Fighters is all caps, one word, big boss. Nice. That's what's on the back of his jersey. I'm going to nominate this guy for the FTG Hall of Fame. <laughs> you don't remember Siyoshi Shinjo? I, I do not. Oh, man. I, 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 watched, I watched that whole World Series, too, and I do not remember him. I just remember because of the... Because, like, you have... You have um, Matsui and Ichiro and then there was like Kaz Matsui and Tsuyoshi Shinjo who both came over I feel like around the same time and that I just remember the blonde hair and all the sweatbands and it fit with Joel Zumaya so yeah I figured the second half of that was easy to get and it may have led you to the first half but well as per usual my questions play harder than I give them credit for so question number three who is the former scout team quarterback at Richmond turned ESPN graph draft guru that is also the Rays pitcher who finished seventh in rookie of the year voting last year and currently leads the American League in ERA. We are going to check in. Okay. The all-star snubs have checked in. So Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys can talk it out. Okay. All right. You got either side of this? I'm thinking I've just read something about this Rays pitcher because he's the kind of the clubhouse leader for this first half of the Cy Young. That name will come to me. Do you okay, have any so, thoughts on yeah, first I, I, half? Yeah, I, well, I think it's probably Todd McShay, right? That would make sense. I think I think it's a sh- Shane, Shane something. It's Shane something. Oh, what is his name? It'll come to me. Um, 
if, if there's a place you need to go, I, by all means, go. Dan's done some renovating. There's lots by of invitation of only. <laughs> by uninvitation only for my, in my by, case. No, by the, the, the person sitting to the left of me right now on my screen, <laughs> not allowed. My wheelhouse is anything not within the last like two or three years. So I, Which, I don't know. I don't know current players. I don't get to watch enough of it. So, um, I don't either. I only, it's one of those things where if I don't read about it, I, I never really watch the games anymore. So Shane, uh, it's right there. It's the last name starts with an M. McClanahan. That's, That's who you're it. thinking of. That's okay. who it is. That's it. Definitely. Oh, I needed that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I could see the name. I just couldn't put it all together. So, so Todd McShane McClanahan. Yes. All right. That's what we'll check in with. All right. And all-star snubs. What did you have? I have spent too much time in the last couple of days looking at the all-star rosters because I'm trying to wrap my head around why Ty France and Logan Gilbert aren't in the field. Uh, Shane, Shane McClanahan is, is very deserving, but there are some other guys on that list who shouldn't be there over Logan Gilbert. But anyways, we have, we have also checked in with Todd McShane McClanahan. Both teams will be receiving points. Indeed, it is Todd McShane McClanahan. And I tried to figure out a way to find an Irish-ish name to bookend that, with, but I couldn't find a Hannah Mc anything. So, sorry. Hannah McStorm. Yeah, Hannah McStorm. <laughs> Don McShane, McClana, Hannah McStorm. <laughs> Famous Irish uh, yeah. ESPN anchor. Yes. <laughs> Hannah McStorm. All right. Question number four. What is the nickname given to the Talmudical Academy High School guard Tamir Goodman, who played for Maccabee Tel Aviv in 2002 by Sports Illustrated and is also a former Lakers guard out of UCLA that's the godson of MLB's Eric Davis, who played for Maccabee Tel Aviv in 2011 and 2015. You're welcome, David. <laughs> Thank you. We can check in. I got this. All right. Perhaps unsurprisingly, All Star Snubs has checked in relatively quickly. So, Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys can talk it out. What the? I don't even know where to go with this. So, I do know the first half of this. He, this was a question I heard somewhere else fairly recently. It might have been an OQL question, I think, actually. But I think it's uh, the Jewish Jordan was his nickname. And so, it'd be Jordan, somebody who played for the Lakers. Okay. So, so it's the Jewish Jordan first. Yep. I'm again way too recent of a person for me to come up with unless it's someone big. NBA is my is my the least of my of my um sports that I follow and putting the NBA in 2022 is that what we're looking for here? Man, okay, out of UCLA, I should be able to get this. I'm sure people named Jordan that would have been or I guess it could just be Dan too. Okay, I, I nothing. I, I can't think of. I can't think of anything here. I can't get Jordan Poole out of my head, and that's not right. Right. I mean, the first name is Jordan, so um, I can't. Like I said, I, I'm, there's it's not Jordan Poole. I said Jordan Clarkson. I think is a name, but I don't know. I mean, that if, if NBA, that's what you got, as an NBA player, he definitely played in the NBA. I don't know for who. Don't know what is time over in Israel was like, feel like you might've been a Laker at one point in time. Yeah. I go with it. I, I have, I have no idea. All right. 
uh, we're going to check in with the probably wrong, the Jewish Jordan Clarkson. All right. And all-star snubs. What did you guys have? So we were getting really nervous there because you guys were going back and forth about how he was a former player. We checked in with the Jewish Jordan Farmar. One team is receiving points. Indeed, Eric Davis's godson is Jordan Farmar. So correct answer was the Jewish Jordan Farmar. So he was an Orthodox Jewish uh, follower. He got a scholarship offer from Maryland. And then Maryland got mad that he wouldn't play on Fridays or Saturdays. And he said, never mind. He went to Towson, I believe, Yep. Um, after that. And then bounced around Israel. But I just always remember that Sports Illustrated article about the Jewish Jordan. Um, it so turned yeah. out he was way overhyped and wasn't well, ter- really as good. So. Yeah, it turns out when you play against like small um, Orthodox Jewish schools, 35 points a game is not saying a whole lot. All right. At the end of the first quarter, we have a score of all-star snubs with 100 and the Dirty Rotten Rhymers. Still in striking distance at 60. Support for today's Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. All of us here at Benchwarmers received the performance package as a part of our Manscaped sponsorship, and I can speak with authority that it is filled with all sorts of goodies. I highly recommend you give it a try. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code BENCH at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. So don't forget, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, at checkout, manscaped.com. Today's second quarter will be the odd one out. The odd one out. For this quarter, there will be three categorized questions containing lists of six items. Teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 50 points. Odd one out question number one. Give me the odd one out in this list of pitchers in the 3000 strikeout club who have 10 or more career home runs as a hitter. Number one, Steve Carlton. Number two, Bob Gibson. Number three, Walter Johnson. Number four, Greg Maddox. Number five, Ferguson Jenkins. Number six, Tom Seaver. We're going to check in. All-star snubs have checked in. Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys can talk it out. How do you talk this out? I mean, (laughs) exactly. I would say my initial inclination was to go with Greg Maddox, but I really have no idea. I, I don't either. That was the one name on the list where I was like, I don't feel like he would have hit a lot of them. I don't feel like Fergie Jenkins would have hit a lot of them. See, he was the one name who I thought might have hit a lot of them for some reason. Really? Okay. But I, I mean, I have no basis for that. That okay. was just a name where I was like. So I'm thinking Walter Johnson probably does. I would think so. Well, Bob I mean, I, Gibson, probably. 
the only thing about Walter Johnson is that nobody in the league was hitting home runs at that point in time. Yeah. He pitched he was, like he pitched like 600 games, so like complete games. So he was hitting a lot. So I would think he has to be on there. And I think Bob Gibson has to be on there because I do think he was a hitter. I think he could hit. Yeah. All right. We were thinking Maddox. Let's just go with it. Yeah, I got nothing better. Let's just do it. We'll check in with Greg Maddox. All right. And all-star snubs, what did you guys have? Yeah, we checked in fairly quickly because I didn't want to be talking about this either. But I'm pretty sure that none of that Maddox Smoltz Glavin group hit a ton of home runs. I mean, nobody, no pitchers really hit for average unless your name is Shohei Otani. But, but uh, I'm I. We also checked in with Greg Maddox. Yeah, I'm glad you guys didn't overthink this one. Both teams are getting points. The correct answer was Greg Maddox. Uh, he had five in his career, even though he played 23 seasons. Walter Johnson had 24. Bob Gibson, I think, also had like mid to upper 20s. Bob Gibson was a really good hitter. He actually mm-hmm. hit a home run in a World Series. Fergie Jenkins had like 10 or 15, and I think I think Seaver had up, upwards of 20 as well. So, of the 19 guys, there's not. I will say I had this between Nolan Ryan, Gaylord Perry, and Greg Maddox that all would have filled that that uh, odd one out. Question number two: Which one is the odd one out of this list of quarterbacks? who rushed for over 300 yards last season. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Tyler Huntley. Number three, Taylor Heineke. Number four, Justin Herbert. Number five, Patrick Mahomes. And number six, Justin Fields. We're going to check in. Okay, All-Star Snubs have checked in, uh, which leaves Dirty Rotten Rhymers to talk it out. You said that you think that Huntley and Heineke aren't in here unless they were one of the yeah i think they're too obvious of a red herring otherwise a banana in the tailpipe if you will exactly now here's what i think i think that trevor lawrence was running for his life yeah so is justin fields yes mahomes had to have had 300 he is a very effective running and scrambling but he doesn't do it a lot, only when necessary. Yeah, but I think when necessary gets him over 300 yards. That's probably true. I think Justin Herbert definitely did. Right. Which only leaves us with Huntley and Heineke. I bet you one of these guys is just outside of the, like the next one down outside of 300. Right. At like high 200, like 290 something. So I would be willing to bet it's one of the two of them. So I don't know. You want to, do you have a, between the two of them, do you have one that? No, they're interchangeable. All right. On all levels. So let's do it. Here we go. Got D12. Oh, it's back, baby. <laughs> um, Huntley is odds. Heineke is evens. Sounds good. That is a three so uh tyler huntley so the dice have spoken the die excuse me the die the die have have has i don't i'm not good with words uh (laughs) spoken so all-star snubs would you guys come up with without a die dice uh Uh, we have the same exact logic like oh you used almost identical about well it could like my gut was fields because the offense was so bad but then again what the only thing he could do was run and we know that Heineke and Huntley didn't start every game. So that's what we ended up getting down to. And we are also checking in with Tyler Huntley. Well, I regret to inform you that both teams are receiving points. Yay! You did it. 
Tyler Huntley was number 11 on the list. He only started seven games this year. So that was kind of, he had 294. So yes, Tyler Huntley was the correct answer for this. Man, Evan had it exactly right. He said yeah, he he's did. in that 290s range. Yeah. The other one that I didn't mention, Daniel Jones, 298. Oh. No. <laughs> no. 298 yards. I think he got most of them on one run when he fell down. Yeah. If he wouldn't have fallen down, he would have had it. <laughs> he would have had over 300. As my boy Chris Berman would say, he could go all the g- <laughs> <laughs> too fast, literally for his own good. On the opposite end of that spectrum, the quarterback from last year who started enough games to qualify with the least amount of rushing yards. Anybody? You may. Uh, Slow Joe, 118 yards last year rushing. Joe Burrow. He didn't need to. Wow. Yeah. No point. Yeah, because he was getting the ball out of his hands so he wouldn't die. (laughs) (laughs) That O-line was trash. It was bad. All right. Question number three and the odd one out. I pulled this off of the news the other day. So if you've been paying attention to the news, congratulations, you might have the answer. Which one of these duos has not played more regular season games together than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who have played 44 together as of July 12th, 2022, and probably ever. Number one, Dirk Nowitzki and Rajon Rondo. Number two, Hakeem Olajuwon and Vince Carter. Number three, Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant. Number four, Shaq and LeBron James. Number five, Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley. And number six, Rasheed Wallace and Allen Iverson. We'll check in. All right. Dirty Rotten Rhymers has checked in. So all-star snubs, you guys get to talk about the untalkoutable. Well, this well, one this one is rough. Go ahead, Marcus. You could Yeah, start. but I just, I seem to remember in my head that I think Nash and Kobe played like a comically low number of games together because they made a big deal when they got him from the Suns. And I felt like he played like a little bit of a season. And then I think he was out for the year and then he missed a whole nother year. Maybe like that, that one sticks out to me. Cause like you said, you, you said you eliminated Vincent Hakeem. I'm pretty sure Shaq and LeBron has to be more than half a season together. I agree with that. Uh, same with uh, Rashid and Allen Iverson. I would think so, because that was when uh, they were both in Detroit, right? It had, uh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. And then, Pippen and-, and then Pippen and Barkley. I feel like that's a, for sure. I can see them both wearing those ugly Rockets uniforms. That's right. I don't know. Uh, for some reason, Nash stuck out to me. I don't know if you just want to go with it because yeah, right, I do. this is hard to suss out because I'm sure they're all. I'm sure they're all relatively small numbers, but for some reason in my head, I feel like remembering that. Steve Nash and Kobe played like a extremely low number of games together. I, I, I'm tempted to go with Nash and, and Kobe also, just because you threw it out there. It had some reasoning to it. Some of these are just confusing to me, like the Nowitzki and Rondo. I feel like they must have pl- like one of these. I feel like it's, it's either going to be it's going to be one that whatever, whatever he says, we're going to be like, oh, I forgot that they didn't really play that much because this guy was hurt for the first half of the season. The other guy was hurt for the second half of the season. But I'm, I'm happy to go with Nash and Kobe. Uh, okay, so we're going to check in with Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant. All right, and Dirty Rotten Rhymers, would you check in with? So we had very little to talk about on this one. Really, our only end of this question was that Walling said that this was something that had happened in the news recently. I remember seeing people posting, for some reason this week, some memes that had Shaq 
and LeBron in it. So that was that was our answer. We checked in with Shaq and LeBron, hoping maybe Shaq was hurt a bunch at that point in time. Maybe he just wasn't playing very much. The, but before you go on, though, I, and I just thought of this now, that that season that uh, Pippen and Barkley played together was a shortened season. Oh, that's true, too. I just thought uh, of that. Okay, that that would that didn't click in my brain, Dan. But yeah, we went with we went with the Shaq LeBron though. So, well, neither team receiving points. But as Dan mentioned, the season that Pippen and Barkley played together was a shortened season. They only played forty two games together, and they hated each other. And Pippen called Barkley fat and slow, and uh, and then he was gone the next season. So the correct answer was Pippen and Barkley. Wow. So Shaq, Shaq and LeBron actually like 55 games together, which is almost a full season, but, or I mean, sorry, more than half a season. Uh, Dirk and Rondo was the next closest. They played about 45 games together. Then Hakeem and Vince, then Nash and Kobe, Shaq and LeBron. Um, Iverson and Wallace was about 50 games. Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden played a grand total of 16 games together. I love how the nets are trying to like fleece anyone they possibly can for kd <laughs> and everyone's just saying uh no ah uh, we're good we're good we're not making that rudy gobert trade the ruby rudy gobert trade was much better than what they were offering what they wanted the wolves to give up for kd oh did they want like seven they wanted ones? towns and jeez <laughs> and and like and like like seven draft picks <laughs> How fast can you type no thank you back? <laughs> All right. Well, after two quarters, the scores have changed, but the lead has not. We have All-Star Snubs with 200 and Dirty Rotten Rhymers with 160. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports with each question worth 25 points. Question number one. Your phone is the dumbest effing idea I've ever heard is how Steve Jobs introduced himself to the then president of a company that launched what phone service? The phone in question was on the market for less than a year, cost $300, and between $65 and $225 a month for all of its content. We're going to check in. All Star Snubs is checked in. So Dirty Rotten Rhymers, talk it out. Okay. I seem to remember something about ESPN offering a phone that had a whole bunch of like sports content built into it. I okay. can't think of anything else this could be that has to do with sports. I mean, it's it's going to be a information and like entertainment company i would think that would have a phone i would think it would have i mean it would have to be i i I, something is sparking a memory about espn putting something like that out or talking about putting something like that out yeah weird that he he would have talked to steve jobs about it though given the disney espn partnership i mean if you have some thought that espn did a phone i think that's we have to go i have a very small spark of a thought about that, but I mean that's more thoughts than we've had on like the last four questions. That's so true. We should really probably I think we should that. embrace this. We should lean into it. All right, we'll check in with ESPN. Okay, and All Star Snubs. It could have been worse. I mean, Walling could have said which of the following 
did Steve Jobs not say was the dumbest effing idea he's ever heard. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that this is the ESPN phone. Steve Jobs at one point had a large share of Pixar, which would explain why he was in a meeting with the president of ESPN and told him their mobile ESPN platform was the dumbest effing idea he's ever heard. So yes, it was ESPN. Both teams are receiving points. It lasted less than a year. However, did you know that the backbone of the mobile ESPN is what you still have, or is basically the backbone for the current ESPN app. That makes sense. Yeah. Was it the the Go? It was, yes. Yeah. And so everything, had, everything for a long time was ESPN.go. Go. It's obviously significantly more tricked up than it was in 2005, which is when it came out. But that Steve Jobs ain't talking all that now. For more than one reason. He gone um, soon. Yeah. He gone. I think the statute of limitations has passed. Was he going to beat me up? Number Ashton two. Kutcher is going to come and do it on his behalf. <laughs> I'll slap the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'll get a step stool before I do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> Question number two. During his bout with the Yips in the summer of 2000, Chuck Knobloch charged a slow grounder from Greg Norton, launched a throw over the head of Tino Martinez, and off the face of the mother of what former ESPN Sports Center and then Fox Sportsnet anchor. We'll check in. Dirty Rotten Rhymers have checked in while David was distracted. So all-star snubs, you can talk it out. <laughs> Tiny Martinez. <laughs> Apparently autocorrect has hit me in the chat and changed Tino's name to Tiny Martinez. No, that's autocorrect from the, from the document. Well, it's <sighs> amazing. Tino's a little um, brother. All right. So in David. 2000, okay. So in 2000, we need what former ESPN sports, it was already a former ESPN sports or sports and a person then, but then Fox sports net. So who went from ESPN to Fox sports net? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't think they're currently with ESPN. Now they were with them at the time. And before that, right. Is that what you no, mean? So uh, oh. maybe worded funny. Okay. They were, they, at the time they were a former ESPN sports center anchor at that time, at the time they were hit in the, the mom was hit in the face. They were a Fox sports net anchor. Okay. So former ESPN at the time. And at that time they were with Fox. That's correct. Okay. So Dan, if that changes your answer at all. I no. I, okay. Okay. So somebody who left sports center to go to Fox in 2000 or sometime before 2000. Right. Right. I'm trying to think of who was, like who's gone from ESPN to to Fox? I mean, Skip Bayless. I mean, <laughs> do it, Marcus. <laughs> I'm just I'm just baiting you. Colin Cowherd. It's like a know? nervous tick. I'm trying to hold it in. Uh, yeah, Cowherd's one. Uh, was Jim Rome ever on ESPN? He was. He was. Jim Rome was on ESPN when with the whole with the whole Jim Everett Chris Everett thing happened. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Rome. Talking about uh, the city in Wisconsin, Menominee. <laughs> That's pretty good. I have no basis for this. I I didn't know this at all. Uh, I just remember that Chuck Knobloch forgot how to throw a first base. Yeah, no, that I remember. So wait, so he launched throw over the head of of, of Tiny Martinez, and <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he was bigger, he would have caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the way Chuck Knobloch threw. I, yeah, he didn't really have the yips. He just had a tiny first baseman. <laughs> So the so, only the only other person I could think of is Oberman. Like Oberman bounced around back then. He went from ESPN. He went. I think he went to Fox, and then he eventually went to MSNBC, and then he went back to ESPN. I mean, it could be Oberman. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. 
pick one. I, I got nothing. I, I I don't know. It sounds like it would be a funny story if it were if it were Oberman, even though I really I might be in the minority, but I really like Keith Oberman. It's up to you, David. What are you putting you Tiny Martinez at first base for in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> up in the difficulty for no reason. That's right. It's right. It's no wonder that Knobloch ran he up made all o- those. He made, he made Jose Altuve look big. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tiny Martinez and Jose Altuve in that Albert Bell, Fernando Vina recreate that. They just <laughs> run into each other and see who wins. I'm picturing Little Sweet with a, uh, <laughs> with a baseball Hi, I'm Tiny Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, <laughs> uh this could go so many directions but they're all wrong so i, I vote we go with with uh oberman just because i, I the recency bias it's the most i i thought of that one last i feel like that's like a reasonable okay. shot okay we'll check in with keith oberman all right dirty rotten rhymers what did you check in with you guys can miss one every once in a while okay we we missed some of those five on three or odd one okay, you can miss the ones that we also oh, okay, okay. you know that we <laughs> get it was yeah it was keith olberman i remember that happening it, mm-hmm. uh, okay yeah it was keith olberman indeed both teams are getting points it was keith olberman's mom she's tough took it right to smackaroo but as we mentioned they just had a bigger first baseman we could have avoided this question altogether All right, question number three. Name either of the two cover players from the MVP NCAA baseball games. I'm about to give you hints, so don't worry. One was a Long Beach State pitcher, not a puddle of mud lead singer, who spent his whole career with the Angels and Padres. And the other was a College World Series MVP that I implore you to try not to guess. Please go for the other one. All right, we'll check in. The Dirty Rotten Rhymers have checked in, so All-Star Snubs, you guys can talk it out. First thing I texted Marcus was, help me out with the Puddle of Mud lead singer. And Marcus said, do I look like a Puddle of Mud fan? And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I've, been, I've been pretty lost since then. Well, yeah, we, we agreed to take Eric's advice and not go for the second half of this. I was trying to think of pitchers who could be California kids and would pitch for the Angels and Padres and would end up at a place like Long Beach State. And I, I texted Marcus and I said, could this be one of the Weavers? And he said, if it is, it would be Jared. And I think that makes sense because Jeff bounced around a lot more. He was with the Dodgers and he was on the East Coast. And yeah, so, I mean, Jared Weaver is the best we've got so far. I still don't and, know. The- and I don't, I'm not as familiar with that cover, but that sounds, here's the dumb part. If I had like a half an hour, I might be able to pull the other name, but I just don't because it's, no joke. It's probably 20 feet away from me in a closet. The copy of the, of the MVP baseball 06 uh, NCAA with um, it's a Texas Longhorn, whoever it is on the cover. Oh, it's like da- David something, but I don't know it for sure. So I, I like, I like Weaver. It makes sense. Uh, I, I, I only see him in, in angels and Padres uh, uniforms. Oh, I don't oh, know the, that he played anywhere else. No, no, no Jeff to... Weaver was like Dodgers and yeah bunch of other places I, so. i'm sure jared weaver was only angels and padres that's that's sort of what made me think about this but time frame I, is right then yeah I yeah, say yeah. go for it okay we'll go for it okay we'll check in with jared weaver okay and dirty rotten rhymers what did you check in with i spent way too much time trying to figure out what the puddle of mud reference was because i think i know who the lead singer is for puddle of mud and it had nothing to do with anybody that i could think of so when i finally latched on to angels and padres i sent over jared weaver and matt said that makes sense 
um, and the teams matched up. So we went with Jared Weaver. So he is a lookalike to the lead singer of Puddle of Mud. Uh, it is Jared Weaver. The other one, Marcus, I'm amazed that you even got a name out of it, but it's a there's a reason I left it in here. And it's a personal connection because a friend of mine that I played baseball with all through high school and middle school who went to college and was the College World Series most outstanding player in 2005 for Texas was David Marol. So hi, David, if you're listening, I've figured out a way to get you into a question. Hey. Yeah, I did not think anyone would be able to pull that, but you got his first name. I did. Yeah. I did. I did. Because I, I remember looking it up. I'm like, who is this? Because I had the game and that was when Tim Linscombe was at Washington. So I played it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so uh, funny. We were at a bar and I ran into him. It was, you know, in the summer after they'd won the College World Series. And we were all kind of chatting and he was around and I heard someone say like, oh, did you hear they're coming out with a, with a, with a NCAA baseball game? And he was like, uh, yeah, because I, I kind of they kind of asked me to be on the cover. And we were like, what? Like, you just weren't going to say that? Um, so, yeah. So, David. They couldn't have paid him, right? Because of everything no. that was going nope. on. That's, no. that's insane. I know. That guy was on the cover of a, of yeah. a, He's a cover baseball of game, game and got Little nothing. Denbrook, Texas, his own David Merle. He's the, he's the Ed O'Bannon of college baseball. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. What was uh, Ruben Sierra there at the time? <laughs> no, he was not. I had not that story occurred slightly later. Okay, after halftime, again, the scores have changed, and again, the lead has not. All-Star Snubs with 275 points, and Dirty Rotten Rhymers with 235. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions. One easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Matt, I just want you to start getting your, uh, your, your hopes, maybe bringing them down a little bit for, uh, for how we're going to do this game. <laughs> you know, I was a Royals fan for a long time. My hopes, I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty good you. at keeping them in check. I hear you. All right. So this was inspired by Neil Fisher sending me a tweet that he saw of a at bat between Eric Gagne against Barry Bonds. And it was an awesome like eight, 10 pitch at bat that Bonds kind of hit. A, he ended up hitting a home run. And so I said, he said, I wonder if there are times when like different MVPs have faced each other. And I said, what a great idea for a David versus Goliath round. So with that. These are all different award winners that played against each other in finals or in playoffs. So I'll give you the playoff and what the award winners were. And you guys tell Ooh, me the players. Nice. Okay. okay. All right. We'll see how this works. Question number one, David. 2021 MLB World Series. 
2020 ML NL MVP versus the 2017 AL MVP. I will clarify. They don't have to be like hitter versus pitcher. It's just two players, right? Okay. Question number one, Goliath, the 1968 World Series, 1968 National League MVP versus 1968 American League MVP. Here we go, David. Here we go. Uh, uh. We can check in. <laughs> By the way, I just need everybody to know, David has not consulted me. He hasn't even <laughs> typed anything, and I am perfectly okay with this. <sighs> All right. All-Star Snubs. Well, one person from All-Star Snubs has checked in. So that leaves Dirty Rotten Rhymers to talk it out. Okay. 68 AL MVP was Danny McLean. Then the NL was Bob Gibson, wasn't it? I believe it was. Because that's the year he had the like 1.12 year A. Yes. Yes, it was. Yep. Th- those are the two. Yeah. That, that's what I put in the chat. That's what I think it is too. Okay. We'll check in Bob Gibson and Danny McLean. And All-Star Snub. We had the same two. Marcus came up with it right away. Bob Gibson and Denny McLean. Both teams are receiving their Goliath points. Indeed, the correct answer was Bob Gibson and Denny McLean, both the MVPs in their respective leagues in 1968. Anybody know the 2021 one? I didn't even think about it. Oh, I didn't even think about it either. Uh, Altuve and Freeman? Yep, that's it. It was Altuve and Freeman. Very good. See, guys, I told you. All right, I'm here to let your spirits down. Question number to David 1989 NBA Finals the 1989 MVP versus the 1989 Defensive Player of the Year question to Goliath the 2012 NBA Finals the 2011 2012 NBA Sixth Man of the Year versus the 2005 2006 Sixth Man for clarification the 0506 won his with a different team we're going to check in all right. Ooh, I made my head hurt. <laughs> All-Star Snubs <laughs> is checking with a headache, so Dirty Rotten Rhymers, uh, one of you has their headphones on, which means... Did he go he, there, Matt? He's, you know, he's considering it. He's walking around the block a couple times to see if he <laughs> wants to go. It's an important decision. One can't just rush into that place. Uh, believe me, I know. It took me forever. To, okay, so okay, it was it was James Harden. It was because this this was the uh, Thunder Heat, and it took me forever to remember the the player for that team that ended up winning the six man that year. I had, but it was Minnesota Timberwolves legend Mike Miller. All right, and All Star snubs. What did you guys check in with? We had Harden, and legend of not just the Timberwolves, but of like 17 other teams that he played for Mike Miller. Yes. That's what we had as well. Indeed. Both teams will be receiving points. Goliath points. Again, it was James Harden and Mike Miller. Yes. James or Mike Miller won it in 0506 with the Memphis Grizzlies. Good job teams. Question number three, David, it's British open week. So let's have a golf question. Question number three, David, a 1962 U.S. Open 18-hole playoff featuring the 1960 and 62 PGA Player of the Year versus the 1967, 72, 73, 75, and 76 PGA Player of the Year. Question number three, Goliath, the 2009 British Open four-hole playoff, a six-time, most recently 1984, PGA Player of the Year 
versus a 1997 PGA Rookie of the Year. We'll no. check in. Oh, no. Oh, under the Annoying. gun, the, the Dirty Rotten Rhymers pulled a Dirty Rotten trick and made the all-star snubs talk it out. So obviously the David is Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. Who wants Marnie Palmies? <laughs> <laughs> For the Goliath, um, I am almost 100% positive that the first half of that is Tom Watson because Eric Walling has educated me in the past on Tom Watson's success in the at the British Open and the timeline would be right for him to have been player of the year. So most recently in 1984, that would make good sense. I texted Marcus that I feel like the other half of that is Stuart sink, but I've got less than 50% confidence. I just have these vague memories of the playoff. So I think, I think I just have to bail. Can we, we're just going to check in with Nicholas and Palmer. Yeah. For David. Yep. All right. We're going for David. Okay. And Dirty Rotten Rhymers, what did you have? We had a very similar conversation. We knew Nicholas and Palmer right away. I was pretty sure about Tom Watson, but we had next to nothing on the second half of the Goliath. So we also checked in with uh, Palmer and Nicholas for uh, the David. Okay, both teams will be receiving points. Indeed, the start of the really ramping up of the Nicholas and Palmer rivalry was the 62 uh, U.S. Open 18-hole playoff, uh, which is a pretty cool old story to read about. Uh, you guys all nailed the first half of Goliath. It, Tom Watson, definitely uh, six-time PGA Player of the Year. The 1997 PGA Rookie of the Year with his only major win at the 2009 British Open, the Stewart Sink. Ah, that's okay. Yeah. Well played, everyone, that round. That was fun. Thank you. That, that was a good round, Eric. That was yeah. a really good round. Yep. Thank you to Neil. If you're listening, I will virtually hug you. No, thanks. Okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. I take that back because of Marcus. Just kidding, Neil. Okay, I give it back. Marcus says I can give it back. <laughs> All right. Well, again, the scores have changed, but the lead has not. All-Star Snubs currently sit in first with 400 points, and Dirty Rotten Rhymers are nipping at their heels with 360. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today's Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. That is Manscaped. Don't forget, when you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, BENCH, to get 20% off and worldwide shipping for free when you use the promo code BENCH at manscaped.com. That brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as put your fours up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. Categories for today's fourth quarter are as follows. Girls, 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 women's college basketball history. On fire, that is baseball. Question three, right now, that is college sports and college sports success. And question number four is top of the world. That is a golf question. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, 
on to the questions. Question number one in fourth quarter, which is girls, 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 an old-timey women's college basketball question. The first ever women's college basketball game was a two-to-one thriller played at San Francisco's Page Street Armory on April 4th, 1896, between what two historic Pac-12 rivals? We'll check in. Well, the Dirty Rotten Rhymers have checked in, and that leaves our all-star snubs to talk it out. Given that it's in San Francisco and you said Pac-12 rivals, the natural thing would be get, the travel was not that easy. And it you would think it would be Stanford Cal, Stanford Berkeley. Um, at least that's what I would think. Marcus, do you have any reason to believe it's not that? I have zero reason to believe it's not that because, yeah, that you think of the area and the two. His, yeah, I mean, that that's it to me. Okay. And I would Makes bet that Tara, Tara Vandermeer was probably coaching Stanford then too. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go, we'll check in with Cal and Stanford. All right. And dirty rotten rhymers. Oh wait, for how many points? 100. All right. Dirty rotten rhymers. What'd you guys have? Same logic, both in the San Francisco area. We also went with Stanford and Cal for 100. Both teams will be receiving their points. The correct answer was Stanford and Cal. Yes. This is when they had, so you had, only certain players that could play offense and only certain players that could play defense and no hole in the bottom of the basket. So that was a two to one barn burner. I think that's still the way the big 10 plays now, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. That's how they play their men's basketball. Now scores have changed, but the lead hasn't. So we'll go on to question number two, name either of the hall of fame pitchers who along with Texas Rangers, Martin Perez this year, have had eight start streaks of no losses, no home runs allowed, six-plus innings pitched, zero or one earned run in each game. One accomplished it. Wait for it. One accomplished it in 1913, the other in 1968, and they are the only three pitchers to have done it in MLB history. We'll check in. Okay. All-Star Snubs has checked in, so Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys can talk it out. Would he have done this? Yeah, I don't know. You know, here's the thing. When when I write games, a lot of times I'll have my one round written way long before I write another. And I may get questions that have the same answer in the game. Just so, I mean, this, this, you're right. This absolutely seems like Bob Gibson. Right. But the hard part is it was 1968. Everybody's ERA was like 1.5 that year. So. I don't think it was the other half. I don't think it's Danny McLean again. One Mearshall came to mind as well as another option. He had I don't a know big what... year, like the next year. I think it. I, I think it might. Have, it was either sixty-nine or sixty-seven. I think. Yeah, was it was year. either right before, or right after. Yeah. Um, and I, I have no, no clue on the nineteen thirteen one. I would say it could be Walter Johnson. That, I mean, it could be. Or like Christy Mathewson, maybe like that name seems like it could be. There's like 12 pitchers in the league, so it could have been. It seems like that had to be Bob Gibson. Yeah, I I, I don't <laughs> see how it couldn't have been. You know, I know they were making comparisons last year when Degrom got off to his crazy start about some of the things that Gibson did during that season. Right. And it's I mean he had like two or three streaks that were crazy like this that year. So I don't know. I think that's probably our best bet. Yeah, it, I I, th- I think it probably is. I, I I can't think of a better answer. I can't either. So do you just want to 
Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll check in with Bob Gibson again for 100. All right. And I'll start snubs. What did you have? So it sounds like we had a very similar conversation. I, I would guess Walter Johnson for the older one as well. We ended up checking in with Bob Gibson and the thing was giving us pauses. That this is the third question that Bob Gibson came up. It was the 68 MVP facing Denny McLean, but then there was also the, wasn't he, wasn't he part of the list of the 3000 strikeouts who didn't have 10 or more home runs? He was he also was. on that list. So Bob Gibson has come up twice already. So it was good, but it's gotta be Bob Gibson. It's just gotta be. So we checked in with Bob Gibson for 100 points. Thank you. Okay. Well, the 1913 pitcher who accomplished this ridiculous streak was Walter Johnson. So yes, I did mention him before. And the other one I also mentioned before, it's Bob Gibson for 1968. So both teams are receiving points. I know my games tend to play a little harder, so I kind of wanted to see if you guys were, uh, you know, maybe paying attention. Maybe you get a free question or maybe you're just were pissed at me and then you didn't, uh, and you forgot about it. And then, uh, yeah. well, you know, it's like, <laughs> is it the banana, the tailpipe or not problem? Right. Is it? So, yeah. yeah. Both teams will be receiving their points. Well, again, scores have changed, but the lead has not. Speaking of Stanford, what university broke Stanford's 25-year streak of NCAA Directors' Cup wins, awarded to the most successful overall program in college sports in 2021, then folded up with another win this year off the strength of national championships in women's tennis, men's golf, and runner-up finishes in men's and women's track and field. All right, we're going to check in. Okay, All-Star Snubs has checked in. So Dirty Rotten Rhymers, you guys talk it out. So I I asked a question about Pepperdine University a couple, um, couple of hosting times ago for me. And I kind of went into a deep dive after that episode because I realized I was wrong on what I said that they had when they'd won their last national championship and it turns out they'd won a golf national championship very recently like a couple of years ago and i think i remember seeing that texas had won the most recent one and that i mean if that's correct then that is the answer for this so i mean i like texas i mean it's i mean i don't like texas I mean, at all but man i just like them and everything else but for right now, I'm gonna like but men's them. golf. I I really really enjoy Texas. I mean, yeah, it, it I, makes a lot of sense. They're competitive in a lot of sports. Yeah, except for football and basketball. Um, I have an idea. Let's go to the SEC. <laughs> That'll make us competitive. If you think Texas won one, I know I know the Big Twelve does pretty well on track and a bunch of those kinds of sports. So yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Let's, go, let's go. We'll we'll go. We'll check in with Texas for one hundred. And all-star snubs. What did you check in with? Yeah. So we went with Texas also. Uh, I did this from the track side. Um, the NCAA outdoor track championships were at Hayward field in Eugene, Oregon and Florida actually won both the men's and women's, but I'm pretty sure Texas was runner up in both. And so being an NCAA track fan, uh, and it makes sense anyway, because Texas is one of those big state schools that is sort of fairly well-rounded. I think they do well in swimming and yada, yada, yada. So it it makes sense that they would be in this kind of comp- the Director's Cup competition. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't realize Stanford won quite so many in a row. Um, but we checked in with Texas for 100 points. Okay, so the the rundown 
of Directors Cup winners starts in 1993 with the Tar Heels of North Carolina. And then from 1994 until 2018, it is Stanford. And then COVID won. And then Texas won. Both teams will be receiving points. Texas broke Stanford streak and won again this year. Well done, gentlemen. So, yes, Stanford finished second this year and last year, so it's not like they were far off the pace. Texas was in 24th place after the fall. So you say they weren't good at football and basketball? Well, there you go. That points to it. But they did great in track. They did good in softball. They did good in baseball. They did good in golf. They did good in tennis. They did. They actually won a women's rowing national championship. So the spring sports were very kind to Texas. Yeah, although I'm pretty sure if you lose to the University of Kansas at football, they should revoke all other championships. <laughs> that automatically that disqualifies you from the direct. They should make them stay in the Big Twelve. They should. KU's only guaranteed win every year. Well done, everyone. Okay, it comes down to this and your math. Going into the final question, we have a score of all-star snubs with 700. Dirty Rotten Rhymers with 660. Question number four is a golf question, top of the world. At which two British Open courses does Tiger Woods hold the lowest score to par in open in British Open play? In other words, he has the lowest winning score of a British Open at these courses. It'll make sense in a second. One course has hosted the open, the most opens, and Tiger shot 19 under in 2000. And the other, where Tiger shot 18 under in 2006, saw Rory win his British Open in 2014 and will host next year's British Open. So right, let's, let's make them talk it out. We'll check in. Rude. <laughs> Dirty Rotten Rhymers have checked in. So all-star snubs have to get to should love to talk it out all right so i am sure that one of them is saint andrews that's where it is this year and i remember seeing something about how tiger said that there i I was reading some article about chances for this year or something i can't remember where i saw this but tiger had a quote about how saint andrews is his favorite course to play in the world so they're they're saying that maybe that gives him some chance because he knows something everybody else doesn't or whatever i don't know what the implication was but the point is saint andrews is certainly one of them I'm racking my brain for any courses where they play them. And there is one in Liverpool. I think it has a fancy schmancy name, um, but it is one they've gone back to fairly frequently. I can't just be called Liverpool, but maybe we'll get credit like a last name thing. Marcus, do you, do you, do you, can you name any British open courses? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you're serious. <laughs> uh, no. Damn it. I'm sorry. No, I got nothing for you. Apologies. Okay, St. Andrews for sure. I guess we'll check in with Liverpool. You know, the Beatles are from Liverpool. <laughs> and that was all for 25 points. And Dirty Rotten Rhymers, what did you check in with? Right, we came up with the old course at St. Andrews right off the bat. And then I listed a couple others that have hosted that I know that I can name, basically. Um, listed... Um, However you say it, Mir- uh, Mirfield, Royal St. George, but that one was last year, I'm pretty sure. And the only other one that I could remember is uh, Royal Liverpool. So we checked in with uh, the old course at St. Andrews and Royal Liverpool for 60. 
well, I have an interesting decision to make, but one team got it exactly right. So I'm going to give them points because the correct answers are St. Andrews and Royal Liverpool. That is the name of the course. The na- it's it, I don't just call it Andrews. <laughs> Wait, that, that's not analogous, but yeah, but okay, fine. <laughs> You're, that's fair. So yeah, there's all of the, there's, Royal St. George, Royal Clink Ports, Royal Liverpool, Royal Birkdale, Royal Portrush. It's, yeah, they're all Royal courses. So if if you guys want to give him the points, I can give him the points. Otherwise, <laughs> I feel let me, dirty. Okay, let I me say, see. It's, it's, if I look this up. I say you give him a point, a one point penalty. Okay. I have a... How would you like this? I prepared a tiebreaker question. Would you like to <laughs> go to a tiebreaker? If you give closest? him the one point penalty, it ends up in a tie, doesn't it? No, no, uh, we bet 25. No, bet 25. Oh, never mind. Give him a whatever point penalty that okay. makes it a tie. All right. Well, I give you. I'm just kidding. I, I say I would say give it to him. That's... I would say don't give it to us. Actually, if the if you have down the if you have down Royal Liverpool and that's the name of the course, I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna. I I mean, I guess if I'd made up a name, I would have come up with Royal Liverpool. But right. Because what else would you call it? Uh, say. Yeah, the name of the club, according to Wikipedia and its own webpage, is the Royal Liverpool Golf, Golf Club. So, and for that matter, Dan said, you know, I said St Andrews. That's the name of the club, not the name of the course. You asked for the courses, right? Dan said the old course, right? So, in that regard, I missed that one too. True. Yeah, St Andrews has more than one course. That's true. They do. That's true. They do. If you want it settled, um, there is a separate club called Liverpool Golf Club. Where did the Beatles play? Let's just get down to it. When, <laughs> when, when that foursome went out on the course, where did they play? Well, if you, uh, you know, since we ended on a golf question, I'm just saying we could get it closest to the pin. So if we score it, if we score it that way, it's 720 to 675. Uh, Marcus, are you all right with this? I'm, I'm totally happy with taking the loss on this one. We, frankly, we didn't have any business winning that on a golf question. So... <laughs> <laughs> We didn't have business with <laughs> I don't care. You got them both. You got them both exactly right. Like I said, I'm willing to do a pretty quick and dirty tiebreaker that I had prepared for this. After some deliberation with my fellow juror members in this room, which is just me, I have decided to deduct five points from the total of the all-star snubs. And we will go to a tiebreaker. Yay! Uh, because they forgot the word royal which has L five letters. And that's why you took five points off. So I mean, that makes sense to me, right? I mean, it's all the logic I could come up with and it seems fair. So as a tiebreaker, I would like you two to go into your respective palaces and come up closest to the pin. What is the lowest number of pitches ever thrown in a complete game in major league history? By one pitcher. By one pitcher. Hey, if you think you could know the answer, then go ahead. I mean, shoot. I'll check in. Oh. <laughs> okay. All-star snub checked in. So Dirty Rotten Rhymers, talk it out. All right. So a complete game probably faced between what? It probably wasn't a perfect game. No. I mean, so facing, I mean, well, I mean, but he could have only faced, you know, 25, 26 batters too if they, they were the home, the home team. True. Not the home team. The uh, well, no, no, no. It would have had to have been. Never mind. For the to get the win, it would have right. had to have been. 
at least 27. So let's say what, 29, 30. Okay. Batters at, I mean, was this a guy that got people to ground into. Yeah. I'm assuming this is like Greg Maddox type game where not a lot of strikeouts, but a lot of ground, a lot of ground outs game was over in 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he threw a bunch of them in like the mid to low seventies. So we can go lower than that then. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea who has this record. If it was mid to low seventies for him, let's take off, you know, six or seven pitches off of that even maybe i mean if, if baseball is an old sport oh yeah sometime in there someone's had an insane game i mean true and they were throwing complete games every game so if yeah any random game is the hard part so maybe i don't know like 63 i don't 60s. know i i think it's like i think it's probably low 60s 63 64 something like that low to mid i don't know you have a that, thought on that no i mean that seems crazy i can't even imagine that um pitchers don't get out of the fourth inning with that many pitchers now well yeah but I mean, people are, I know i mean now now you're throwing balls on purpose and you know i mean you're working the batter and yeah it's back then it was you can't hit this so Six, 64 yeah sure let's go 64 and all-star snubs so since i started playing with the bench warmers and I, I keep a file of questions for each kind of game style. I have had at the bottom of that file closest to the pin slash tiebreaker. And the question I've been waiting to use is what's the fewest number of pitches that anybody's ever, I kid you not. And the answer is 58. Sorry. I, I I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I he didn't, didn't say Liverpool, Royal Liverpool, by the way. That's right. That's true. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'd like to change my answer. It's it was actually Royal, Royal 58. Royal 58. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So there's another reason I chose this stat, which David apparently knew. Hey, Marcus, would you like to guess what Charles Red Barrett, the guy who threw this hour and 15 minute complete game, would you like to know what his career win loss record is? Six and nine? No, 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 no. He threw more pit and more games than that, but you're close. Oh, he right. is 69 and 69. Yeah, <laughs> the perfect pitcher. We found him. Charles Red Barrett in uh, let's see, it was 1944. He threw two pitches to each hitter. It lasted an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> what a what a time! Time to be alive. This is a wild game. It really yeah. was. <laughs> All right. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. The Dirty Rotten Rhymers had a valiant rally at the end, but finished with 720 points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted hybrid Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield Combo Award <laughs> with 721 points is the all-star snubs matt thank you for coming on uh yeah i mean i think it's impressive that whatever that guy's name is who's the perfect pitcher probably could have thrown like three games in the time it took us to play this game which is really pretty impressive <laughs> um dan carried most of this game so uh you know we uh we ro- we royally blew it in the end but that's okay nice well done uh, but it was a great time. A lot of fun. Um, those pre and post games was really what killed us in the end. So 
you know, I will point out that those two are like the only questions you guys missed the whole game. And it's well, no, I take that back. There was one that everybody missed the one um, odd one out. But otherwise, you guys were right in stride with each other for the entire game. So, yeah, I tried to block most of the odd one out questions <laughs> from my mind. So, yeah, I apologize for that. That's a black hole for this. If you're listening, just fast forward through that. If you've gotten to this part of the episode, just fast forward through the odd one out. I'd like to thank Suyoshi Shinjo. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I, I I appreciated you coming on and playing. I love playing with guests because it's something that when you 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 come on and you I have a new partner, you know, every time that I get to play with with one of the guests and I I I love doing that. Um, and don't sell yourself short because there are a lot of times, and especially tonight where you came up with something that either triggered something for me, or you came up with something where I was like, I wasn't even thinking of that. So I, I'm not the one that's carrying the team. I'm, we complimented each other pretty well. I think also thank tiny Martinez. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, I'll just say real quickly. Um, thanks for, thanks for the continued support for the podcast. Please come on anytime. You're, you were great as a partner and fun to play against. Um, and, and I'm sorry it went down like this. I really am. I, I, I've never been asked a question that I've literally had that I've stared at multiple times, just waiting for somebody to ask the exact same question. So I apologize for that. Um, Dan, great game as always. Marcus, Marcus like came out on fire, just like in the pre and post game was just nailed like the first three without even me reading the question. So that was awesome. And then we complimented each other for the rest of the game. Eric, your odd one, your odd one out nearly killed us. But other than that, it was a great game. Thank you. And now when Dan, when you come up here now, me and you and Matt will have to convene and grab some adult beverages. Well, I apologize to anyone offended by the odd one out today. I, I had a lot of fun. We got a little wild and crazy at the end, um, but I'm glad we got to. I will say something you guys didn't pick up on if you're listening. After David asked the question, the clarification question, there was a little twinkle in his eye where he was like, oh, I've heard this before. I saw the look on his face. Right? He was like, David has a look for (laughs) sure when he knows something. It's very, it's a very like wry, like little grin. Like he's like. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm not even going to type it. And then you were like, all right, we can check in. And I was like, oh, he didn't even say anything, didn't type anything, nothing. And I'm good with it because he's got the look. So on behalf of myself, Tiny Martinez, Hannah McStorm, and Red Barrett 69 and 69 overall record, thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. Ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.